Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Wednesday, December 2011, the 7th, it's 11 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu, the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, 
email me your questions to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also tweet me your questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter. And again, I will read them live here on the show. Well, um, I just want to give you some update as to who I will be having on the show tonight. Um, he's an amazing winemaker from one of the most consistent wine producers in California. Everything from their cabs, their Chardonnays, their blends, everything they make is uh, of top quality, uh, fantastic, great, award-winning, um, and, and value-priced in some markets, as well as they have some of the high-end as well. So um, the wine company that I'm speaking of, the name is Han Vineyards, and the name of the winemaker is Paul Clifton, and he'll be on shortly. Uh, some updates on the show. Very soon, let's see. Um, I'll be going to the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, so you want to show up for that. That's down here in South Beach, um, Florida. Um, there'll be everybody from all the top winemakers to the top chefs, so you definitely want to check that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, I get a chance to hang out with, you know, your Emeralds and Guy Fieri's and uh, Michelle Bernstein's and Anthony Bourdain's. So uh, you definitely want to make sure that you've ha got your tickets and you're staying wherever you're going to be staying because uh, they're going to sell out real quick. And a lot of their events are pretty amazing. They do it down here in um, Florida and they do it in New York as well. So look out for that. Um, well, I think... Probably without further ado, maybe we should bring my guest on for the evening and we can ask him all the questions that we have. Um, again, of course, the number to call in is one six four six three eight one four eight six zero. And let me um, let me get uh, Paul on here first. Paul, you there? Yeah, Stu. Outstanding, Paul Clifton, everyone of Honest Page. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Not too shabby, as they say. Um, I, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, in in your day and your evening Pleasure. and uh, Pleasure. coming on the show. I have. Uh, let me tell you how it works here, Paul. Uh, I have tweeted questions that will come through. I've got emails, some emails that come through. Um, of course, I've got my own questions to ask, so they're not going to be in any particular order. Of course, we also have people in the chat room. I can come in, in and out of the chat room and ask questions of me to ask of you. So I just wanted to let you know kind of the way it comes and it goes fast and furious. <laughs> Believe me, you, you blink and the 30 minutes and a half an hour is gone. So, um, But I just want to let you know how things uh, work here. Um, let me start off basically with some of my questions I have for you as well. Um, for the, the four people out there who have never had Han Vineyard's or Han Estates wine. <laughs> Why don't you just give me like a little bit of a, or give our, our listeners just a little bit of an overview about uh, Nikki and and uh, you know and the vineyards and, and how they came about a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, the, it's a family-owned uh, winery. It was purchased by uh, Nikki Han back in um, the eight, 1980, and um, back then they only made uh, Cabernet up there. It's in the San Lucia Highlands in Monterey. Um, in 1990, he started um, his own brand under the, under the Han label, right. and uh, yeah. So, so the past 
20 years or so. Um, been going with Han, and um, pretty much now our main focus is on Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, and um, now we're working with a GSM blend that's pretty uh, outstanding, I think. So. Yeah, and 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 just to let my my uh, listeners know, uh, Grenache, Syrah, Morved, um, which you typically find more so um, Australia. Would you say that's uh, that's yeah, they kind of came out with it. Um, I think it's been around in, in the Rhone for a while, but um, it, it hit the American market mainly with the Australians. And right. one of the key things that uh, you know Nikki and the family wants is for us to make you know a value priced wine, meaning that not excessively expensive. And we do have ex- expensive wines, but we want something that people can easily access. Um, so that's kind of the whole mission of of you know what I do. <laughs> I have sense. to tell you, um, and I'll and I'll throw this out here, and I, I'm going to say this is an average price, but about seventeen or eighteen dollars for your meritage. Uh, I have to tell you, it's probably one of my favorite value priced blends that you can find anywhere, and and I don't say that you know lightly. Um, I think I'm about right on the on the average price for it, where you know, it might vary a dollar here, a dollar there. But it is yeah. such a good blend. It really, really is. If someone is looking to kind of get into uh, a red wine, and they, you know, they, you know, they haven't really picked a particular varietal that they're loyal to yet, I would honestly say start with that wine, and then you know you can kind of go from there and pick out each of the varietals that uh, or blended in that and uh, taste them on their own. Um, because I just think it. Uh, and it's such it's so food friendly. It's just a really nice, uh, really nice wine. I I hasten to call it a table wine because I, I think it's more than that. But I just wanted to you know kind of make people kind of plant a seed there. And um, in my chat room, just so you know, I have uh, the website. Let's make sure that everybody has it. I have Hana Estates. Is that okay to use HanaStates.com? Yeah. Good. Okay. So I have that clickable. For anybody that wants to go and check out, and I highly urge you, uh, if you're in the chat room or uh, if you're listening, to go to www.hanestates. That's h-a-h-n-estates.com, and just you know, really rummage around and take take a look at well, you know, uh, a little bit about Paul, a little bit about Nikki, about the history, about the wines that are available, and they can buy them on your your website as well. Correct? Yes, that's right which is a wonderful thing. The beauty of the Internet, you can sip wine while you buy some, you know. Um, so let me get to some other questions. So you, what, who were your biggest influences in the industry when you were coming up? Um, I started out with, uh, I worked over the, over the hill from where I, where I live here in Monterey at this um, winery called Bernardus. And yes. this was back in 96. And, uh, I met up, you know, it's a total fluke. I wasn't even thinking about the wine industry. I just kind of answered an ad in the newspaper and got a seller really? job, which is kind of like baseline. And, you know, started learning about the business from um, this winemaker by the name of Don Blackburn, who has since mm-hmm. deceased, but um, but he pretty much trained me up in these smaller, two smaller type wineries where you kind of get to do the whole plethora of the vi- from the vineyard all the way to the bottle. Um, and that's kind of where I got my start, and he was kind of the big influence early on. And over the past 10 years, I've been working with um, one of the uh, 
I don't know if you know J Lore label. Of course. That is uh, the winemaker for their, for J Lore for about 25 years is a guy by the name of Barry Nico, and he's been yeah. kind of like a second mentor for me the last 10 years or so. so also, by the way, but, who make great value priced wine as well. Um, I just so my listeners know, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to you know kind of preface it a little bit. Yeah, so those are the two big influences. And then um, probably the biggest thing I learned from um, Don, the first mentor was, you know, surround yourself with, with people that are passionate about what, what you do and, you know, everything will start clicking into place. So I've definitely lived by that rule um, all along and it's it's paid off. So Most definitely. And so uh, do you uh, – what, what do you feel – if I if I had to break it down, what do you feel are the components of a great wine? Um, I'd say you know balance really, finding the right vineyard in the in the right area that's growing the right varietal, having a, you know a grower and Mother Nature cooperate, and everything falling <laughs> into balance. So well, and, you know, Nature and that's been been a been a tickler the last few years for us in California as far yes. as the weather goes. So most definitely. Although um you know, if you just if you're a person that reads up on the different of course the magazines and trades, um I just to give you an example for Cabernet, they were saying two thousand eight was a great year for California cabs. So um you know, I, I would think a great vintage as well. Um, and Pinot being 2009, so these 2009s that have come out in the 2008s for Caps uh, um, have been, uh, you know, real winners, even in the, the most difficult of years, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, I mean, and that's it's really and odd, that, like, uh, for example, this year, um, this this last harvest that we just got through, it was, uh, you know, up up in the north coast, uh, northern northern area parts of California, they had, you know, some pretty bad weather, um, a lot of rain, a lot of problems up there. And I, I, and just, you know, right, right about where the central coast starts, um, Santa Cruz area south, it was like, we're kind of in a little bubble where all these storms were kind of just going around us. And we still got hit with a little bit, but so it's also dependent on where you are within the state, um, as far as what areas got hit worse than others. So. There's always that. There's always a gamble. You know, this year and the past um, couple years have been a testament to the winemakers, of course, and the growers as well, um, to be able to produce such great product uh, in such difficult um, and inclement weather uh, and not great, um, you know, um, not a a great situation, if you will, for, uh, for, for the grapes. So, Again, a great a hats off to to the, those vintners and yourself and the and the and the cooperative that is uh, Napa Valley and and Monterey, you know, and on all in Sonoma and so forth. Um, so, let me ask you. I, I've got an email here from. I just want to grab it um, from Prospero sixty nine. I hope I pronounced that correct. In Barcelona, Spain, it says, um, "Hi Stu, I truly enjoy your show and have tried Hans Meritage before." Okay and find it to be wonderful, what other varietals will they blend in the future? Well, I want to first thank Prospero69 in Barcelona uh, for sending in your question. And uh, Paul? 
that's a perfect um, segue into the GSM blend that um, just came out this last year. Um, that's a Grenache Syrah Morvedra. And um, we just launched it um, about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been a hit. It's been a hit. Um, a lot of people don't really understand the GSM, but um, you know, we were sure to put it right on the front label so you know exactly what the acronym means. Um, right. And then, uh, you know, people have really grasped onto it. So that's that's the, the big one we've been working on lately. So. And just explain, if you want to, the, the let's say the person listening here that uh, may not understand the body, the, the structure of the GSM. Yeah. Um, okay, so GSM, we were talking about earlier, you know, it came from mostly the Australians bringing it in. And a lot right. of those were really, you know, over the top. So when my boss um, asked me to put together GSM, you know, there's really two ways you can go, or you can go right down the middle. You can go really big, intense, you know, tannic, lots of color, lots of depth, or you can go really light. And I kind of chose the middle path. So... The Grenache um, kind of gives you the strawberry um, fruit aromas. Um, the Syrah, and most of the Grenache that we source comes from uh, the coastal area like uh, like San Inez, uh, Monterey. We even get a little bit from Pasarolos and San Luis Obispo, which are kind of all coastal areas. That kind of yep. gives you that bright fruit tone. And then the Syrah, we, all, we grow all ourselves, and that's, mostly up in the San Lucia Highlands, and it gives you a um, rich spice, like a cracked pepper um, component to the wine. And then the Morvedra, that's only about 4% of the blend, but it kind of gives you a a good mid-palate structure. That's kind of how I've been basing it. So this would be, if you you were to to recommend it, would you recommend it, like, in other words, I can think of food pairings, but I almost would think it would be a good kind of light uh, refreshing wine. You can almost chill it a little bit, correct? You could, yes. And I, I mean, would, not think you know, it's recently, necessary, but you could. Yeah, you could. And I, you know, I kind of tend to like um, red wines a little bit cooler rather than super warm. Um, right. For blending and, and blending and you know tasting when I'm putting blends together, it's better if they're a little bit warm because it kind of shows all the flaws and everything. But um, right. I, I just kind of enjoy you know a wine typically. 55, 60 degrees, somewhere in there for red, any red, really. Same here. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other thing is we started working, uh, you know, we hired a chef, and uh, Chef Brian Overhauser, and he's been doing a lot of food pairings for us, um, for the trade, and, and uh, you know, people visiting from, uh, from our company, you know, who's spread kind of all throughout the United States, and educating people on on food and wine pairing and you know he adamantly started saying he's all this gsm goes with anything you know it goes with any food he can put together and uh, so i started trying it with things that you know i absolutely thought it would never go with like you know like mexican food and it works mm-hmm. you know he's yeah. absolutely right it really works with everything so well, that's that's wonderful because then that gives it uh, a, a certain versatility that uh, other varietals may not have. And then here's my question. I mean, just a general idea. Do you know an average price on something like a GSM? The GSM? Yeah, it's about $12, $12 a bottle. 
which is extremely affordable. So now you yeah. kind of hit the, the trinity there. You've got an affordable uh, wine, which is um, very versatile in the sense that it will pair with food as well. And then it's a good standalone um, that you can drink any time. It's, you know, refreshing. And then, So, I, I, again, I urge, it, it's already out there, and you're saying in the retailers, correct? Yes. Excellent, excellent. So I, I, I'm going to tell my listeners to, to go out and look for it um, and ask for it and check it out. And, uh, you know, I, I always ask my listeners to check all the wines out that of the winemakers that I have on and then email me back and tell me what you think and which was your favorite and what did you pair it with and, and so on. So I get some great feedback from them. Um, so here's a question. Um, when you're not making wine, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Um. <clears throat> I'm a surfer. Um, uh-huh. I surf a lot. Mountain bike okay. um, in the summertime, and then I also enjoy skiing. Um, I actually used to live in uh, Colorado for a while and in uh, Tahoe area. So nice, nice. Yeah, and that's always, yeah, that's great. Always struggling that's between cool. the mountains and the ocean. <laughs> well, you now can, you're you know, in you Florida, can... though, right? Correct. You can that's kind of split nice your time weather there. Yeah, yeah, right now we're, you know, but but I can tell you that uh, growing up, I grew up in New York, so I skied uh, everything here. I didn't ski Colorado, though. I was one I always, I wanted to, but never got a chance to, but I've skied everything pretty much in the northern hemisphere, <laughs> the north, northeastern hemisphere, so uh, I definitely was into was into skiing in my in my youth, as they say, and uh, and I did some surfing out when I lived in California, so definitely appreciate both. Uh, both sports. That's no, kind of cool. I always like to know, you know, a little bit more about the the winemakers and you know what makes them tick and what, you know, rather than the average questions, of course, what made you think to you know produce this particular wine? And you know, I think people like to know a little bit more, dig a little deeper, uh, and uh, you know, learn a little bit more about you, so um, they feel a little bit more connected when they're buying the wines and say, hey, you know what, uh, this guy, you know, he used to surf or you know. He used to. He likes mountain biking. Hey, I like mountain biking too. Let me just check out his wine. You know, maybe even if it's just on that level, uh, right? Like that. Right. Um, For me, it was. Uh, you know, you know, I was looking at um, even. You know, I started out kind of more on a firefighting path. Um, interesting. For um, the U.S. Forest Service, and uh, it was only a summertime gig, so I needed something in the winters. And I'd mm-hmm. made a little bit of wine at home just from you know friends that had grapes and. And some old family history that I have, and and uh, saw that ad in the paper I was talking about, and sure. this is the winery and the winemaker, and saw how they had pumps and hoses. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like firefighting, you know, except for you're pumping wine instead of water. Um, <laughs> and the other part of it was, you know, you know, it allowed me to maintain a lifestyle. The boss I had at the time, you know, was was very cool about you know letting me surf in the mornings and come come in late and work late, so um, that was a huge draw to me, you know, just to sure. keep that lifestyle going. Uh, well, I'll tell you, yeah. uh, echo that. Um, I remember when I lived down in California, I used to live out, um, I used to live in West L.A., but then I, I moved to Malibu, where I actually Trancas, and um, I don't know if you know Southern, you may know more Northern than Southern, but Anyway, I live, you know, in an area that basically, you know, all you do is surf. So I, I, I get back to, you know, you're talking about being allowed to, someone working for somebody who allows you that time um, to come in later in the afternoon. And I remember I used to work where I had to be somewhere at 9, and everybody that surfed was surfing at 6. 
you know. So it's pretty yeah, wild. Yeah. Okay, you're so and you're so you're so spent. <laughs> By the time you you get a couple hours of surfing and you're so spent that you can't even consider, you know, a nine o'clock being somewhere at nine o'clock, you know. But <laughs> but um but it definitely but it definitely I found the balance and uh you know for a while and it was it, it you know it, for what it was it was great you know I definitely uh, yeah. appreciated. What I did want to say to you was um, here's a question I kind of ask everybody uh, on the show. It's just one thread, this one question that I, I like to get from winemakers and uh, some of my guests. So if you could share a glass of your wine with anyone, alive or not, I'll say, or dead, let's say for argument's sake, who would it be? It could be any, any time in history, any time in the world, um, and why? Um, God, that's, the first thing that popped in my head would be, um, you know, my mentor, Don Blackburn, who passed away. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, that was the first thing that popped in my head. So, like anybody, I'm just saying. I mean, okay, so that you know, that you know, you can have, you, you know, you can think of anybody that you said, man, if I could sit down with them, and I could just, you know, shoot the breeze and and pour my wine and hang out and drink, this is who I'd want. It. So, it would be your mentor. Yeah. Secondly, cool. though, I think. Um, you know, I live in uh, the Monterey area, and uh, Clint Eastwood lives here too. And uh, you know, every t- all the time I get people saying, "Hey, I saw Clint Eastwood here or there," and you know, I've lived here most of my life, and I've never seen him. <laughs> I'd like to have a glass glass of wine with him. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, great. You know, I like, he's like that. my yeah. favorite actor, and I've never seen him. Right. So, I, I bet everybody that else would probably be pretty cool. Because you have some conversation, yeah. you can see there's a million things to ask, a million things to talk about, and uh, and I would imagine, I would think that you would, you know, be a, an, a, an enthusiast or appreciator of wine. I would, I'd have to imagine that he would. So it would be kind of cool. Beer drinker, but <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so I, you know, is there a particular? Just out of curiosity, I mean, do you? like a particular type of wine, or is it just like, in other words, you say, I prefer or I favor this over the app. Is there anything that you say to yourself, you know, I make this type of wine, but I favor this to drink? Is there? And it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying, of course you drink your wines that you, that Han makes and produces all, but I'm sure you drink other wines as well. I'm not saying for a particular vintner, I'm just saying a particular varietal. So one that you favor more than, than others? Um... Not really. I, you know, every wine I take, I drink, even at home, whether it be, um, you know, a, another winery, another winemaker of my own, I'm always psychoanalyzing them and, you know, trying to figure out well, what I like about it or what I don't. Uh, sure. Figure out, you know, what's what went wrong with it. So it's or what what's right about it, you know. So I'm always mm-hmm. always constant just because that's what I do every day. It's just kind of ingrained in me now. I think that you know it's really hard to sit down and and not think about what you're tasting. You know, just enjoy the wine. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> always you're always thinking about it. So sure, uh, sure. Well, yeah. so I, that's I why a good glass of beer helps once in a while. Yeah, there you go. You get change it up every once in a while. Like in yeah. you like ale or Belgian style or you like a uh, good lager or a good porter or what or just you can just <laughs> switch it up. And make this. It. You'll laugh at this. I love uh, Coors. 
Wow. Gotcha. Well, you know, you know what? Someone, surprised me. someone explained it to me. You know, I kind of had this um, chef that I used to work with. Um, he used to kind of give me a lot of crap for it, but he explained it to me. It's and it made sense. It's all he's all look. This is probably why you like it so. You know why you mainly drink these lager style or lighter beers is because you're you know tasting all day, every day, always psychoanalyzing. You just want something that's light and refreshing. And it totally made sense. I'm like that's probably it. You know. It makes total sense. Well, listen. Hey, I I I wish I had more time. I told you it flies by really quick, Paul. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show and, and enlightening us and telling us a lot about yourself and about winemaking and, and Han. And I, I have the uh, the website, www.hanestates.com. Uh, I urge everybody to go there, check it out, find out a little bit about Paul. Definitely go to Han Estates. Definitely go, to, go there to the vineyards and, and check it out and drink the wine and get a chance to, you know, maybe pair it up and go to a, you know, maybe buy a bottle, go out to a nice restaurant. Paul, I want to thank you. I'll definitely have to have you on again, and I appreciate everything. And um, thanks for making really great wine. Well, I have to thank you for having me on your show. Um, thank you very much. No, no problem. Thanks and again. Hopefully, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully one of these days our, our paths will cross. Most definitely, because I'll be out there. So you got, you got it. Well, thank you, Paul. Have a great evening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. All right. Take care. That was Paul Clifton of Han Estates Vineyards. Uh, great guy, I gotta tell you. Uh, and I really, I'm, you know, the time goes by so quick. Uh, like I said, if you have any questions about the show, just email them. StuTheWineGuru.com. You can go to my website, www.StuTheWineGuru.com. Check out all archive shows of all the other winemakers and guests I've had on before. As I've always said, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up. Good night and good wine. And now, 